Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, 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 it has been a hot minute, hasn't it? I hope everyone has been good. If you didn't hear, I ended up having to go a little quiet around the holidays back in December. The Sparknotes version of what happened is that I essentially picked up a stomach bug while I was traveling and I spent about a month under the weather, which meant no recordings for me. It was absolutely awful, but um, I got through it and I'm doing better and I am back and I have been recording new episodes over the past few weeks and just loving every single second of it. And to kick off this new wave of episodes, today I'll be sharing a conversation I had with the lovely and talented Katie Turner, an acclaimed singer and songwriter who stepped into the public eye back in 2018 on the 16th season of American Idol. Katie Turner became notably known for her debut single, 21st Century Machine. But what you may not know is that Katie's artistry has evolved so much over the past few years, and she's been releasing new music that dives deep into emotion and showcases her incredible skill set as a songwriter. Last year, Katie released her EPs Comedy and Tragedy Act 1 and 2, and in these EPs you'll hear songs that depict angst but also vulnerability, and if you're like me, you'll quickly become such a fan of Katie's tone and her songwriting. Today we'll be chatting about the inspiration behind each of these EPs and what made Katie decide to focus on themes of grief and mental health in the making of them. And a fun little fact is that today is actually Katie's birthday. So happy birthday, Katie, because in this episode, we'll also be hearing about what she's manifesting for this year. I had such a blast recording this episode, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So with that said, let's get into it. You know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. I have a fun fact that I I read and I'm going to confirm it with you. So is your birthday on Valentine's Day? Yeah. Okay, amazing, because I took a look at our calendar and I'm going to be releasing this episode on Valentine's Day. (laughs) That's so cosmic. So thank you so much. Amazing, amazing. So yeah, Katie Turner, I am so excited to have you on. And like I said, this is going to be airing on your birthday. So too early to say happy birthday now. (laughs) I mean, I have a weird thing with birthdays. I feel like that's just like a a universal experience after you turn 10, where I remember crying on my 10th birthday being like, I'm so old. So if no one ever says happy birthday to me, I'm like, I can just pretend it doesn't exist. I can just pretend I'm not aging. I I kind of feel that like, although I'm I'm getting to the point where um, my birthday is not until April. Um, but just in terms of like aging, I feel like I, this year is the year I turned 26, losing health, like all those things. Oh, so no. I'm like, there's things about aging that suck, but then I'm really trying to just embrace like another year on this planet, like a blessing and a half and trying to just like flip my, cause I feel like my attitude on aging is always like, uh, but I'm just trying to like flip it around. 
Um, and I think in terms of, especially now that we're into 2024 and setting goals and looking at, I guess, what's to come, and this is a big question to ask, but I guess as you're stepping into a new year, um, what are the things you're, you're hoping to, if you want to talk like manifesting, like what are goals that you have? What are things that you just are hoping to experience and um, whether that be professionally or personally? That is a really good question. I also like that you said manifesting. It's like you're speaking to my heart as I am the person where every other uh, video on TikTok is like, claim, claim this and you'll have the year of your life interact three times. But overall, rather than like wishing for big, like, like external things, like I want to sell out Madison Square Garden, which would be amazing. I don't think it's happening in 2024, but again, manifesting weirder things have happened, but more so I'm trying to just aim for having fun and judging myself less. I'm very much a person where if I rot on the couch, I'm like, I could be doing something. I could be doing something. Ah, And then I stress myself out into throwing up. Um, I think that this year I just want to be like, we can rot on the couch and we can have fun and not everything has to feel so big all the time. And I think that's really the theme of 2024. It's like knowing I have time and kind of just breathing like girl, deep breaths. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like and soaking it all in. Right. I think because I'm very much and I talk about it on here a lot. I am very much a planner. And it's great to plan things. It's fun to plan things. But then there's also that like anxiety part of planning things when you're moving forward, making progress, and you haven't like really achieved your goal yet or, you know, hit the mark you wanted to hit yet. And I think that's when like planning can get, at least for me, like in a really negative space and a negative mindset. Um, But I think there's something really beautiful about just like accepting where the path takes you and the road that lies ahead and just kind of embracing it for what it is. So love that. And yeah, I mean, my goodness, I I think with everybody's been talking about as they always do every year, just resolutions and all that. I I have things I want to, I guess for me, it's like little things. Like I joked the other day, I was telling somebody, I'm like, I want to learn how to do pottery and I want to learn how to sew and just all these little things. But you know, if I don't learn how to sew this year, but maybe I learn how to do pottery or learn how to do something else, like that's, you know, a, a bonus. <laughs> so I'm trying to like strip back myself too of just, um, yeah, I guess just consistently planning and just trying to like strip it back and embrace things for what they are and, and what I'm just experiencing that day. <laughs> what kind of pottery do you want to make? Like is it <laughs> Or, or like, I had a weird phase where I'm like, I want to make plates so I can eat off them. And then I realized, yes. Fuck, you need a kiln. And I'm like, damn, that's like $2,000. It's so much. And yeah, I'm definitely, I'm going to have to just go to a place and try and learn. I found a few places in my neighborhood. So um, looking, I am looking into it. I've started the goal of like, at least looking into it and seeking out areas, but I do, I feel like I, I've always just had an interest in it, but when it comes to, like you said, like making practical things around the house, like a vase or a pot or something to, you know, 
put something in to utilize. That's, I guess, the goal, but we'll see. (laughs) That sounds so fun and way better than like, I got, I think aging has made me, I think the most common resolution I used to make when I was a teenager to now was like, go to the gym. And I realized that's so boring and I never do it. So like stuff like, yeah, learning how to sew or pottery, it's like way more fun than going to a gym. Those are some great resolutions. (laughs) I'm like expanding my knowledge and my skill sets. So, I mean, there we go. But uh, hoping that'll come true. But in terms of, you know, we're talking about this year and and things to come, but I also want to take a little dive back onto this past year because 2023, you released a lot of new music. Most recently, you released your second EP, Comedy and Tragedy Act 2, which was, uh, you know, following the Act (laughs) 1. And I'd love to just chat with you a little bit about that. But before we get into, I guess new music. Um, I'd love for people just to learn a little bit more about your story because I feel like there's a good amount of people that know how um, your story with music kind of began in the public eye. Um, You know, you were on American Idol. You came in swinging with a uh, original song, which you then later released, 21st Century Machine. And I stepping into the public eye like that so young and then just over the past few years really kind of expanding your artistry um I'd love to know so in, in terms of music and songwriting um I mean I, I'm sure it's a big old story but how did that interest really come to be um and in terms of songwriting like did you have any influences? Like, I guess just your story with music, it's a big ask, but how did that all, you know, come to take fruition? Wow. That is a big ask, but I'm going to explain. If I ever pause, it's because I'm seeing everything. I'm like a supercomputer and I'm like, ah, lore, lore, <laughs> and it's everywhere around me. Um, So I was not an athletic child. I don't think anyone's surprised when I say that, but um. I was just not, when kids find their affinity to something, they like take to it right away. And I was not good at anything at all. Uh, Athletic wasn't the best at math. Wasn't like, nothing was really speaking to me and I needed to get an interest. So I remember very vividly watching a girl, like I, what I miss so much about being young is like the the delusion that is like instilled in you. Like uh, for example, seeing someone at a grocery store and thinking they want me and you're in fifth grade. It's like, no, but with that delusion came me watching a video of a girl on America's got talent called Bianca Ryan. And she was saying, and I'm telling you, and she was like 11. And I'm like, I I could do that. I could do that. Okay. I guess I was going to do that. And I sang for my mom and she's like, you're like, not bad. And I'm like, woo. Um, and then just came years of loving pop culture. Uh, I was a big One Direction fan, big Fifth Harmony fan, and they were all on X Factor. And I was like, oh, I'll just go with X Factor. Oh my God. Like that. And I'll be put in a girl group. Nevertheless, I was I was not put um in a girl group or on X Factor. But with that delusion, it it fostered a genuine love for music and I started using it as a way to like express myself and it felt like a friend because I was I was I didn't really have many friends in high school and my first like songwriter inspiration of I was like actually focusing on lyrics and not vibes um, (laughs) was 
Ed Sheeran's first album. And I was just like mind blown that someone, I always knew, duh, lyrics and you sing lyrics, but it was the first time I've ever actually opened my eyes to like, wait, these lyrics are saying something crazy. Like what? It doesn't have to be about, it could be about anything you want. And from there, it just, I started falling deeper in love with Ed Sheeran's like early discography and I will defend that man. You know, when people mm-hmm. are like, I'm like, he paid his dues for me on songwriting. <laughs> and then folk acts like City in Color and Keaton Henson um, while still keeping my love for Five Seconds of Summer or One Direction alive. It was like two worlds in one. Um, and that's kind of how it started. And I had no plans to make this a career. Obviously you want that and like you just pray and you kind of are just like, I don't know what else I'm going to do. And I was kind of living in that for a long time before American Idol of, well, I want to do music, but I don't know if I can. So when American Idol happened, it was the first time I was like, oh my God. It was how Ed Sheeran introduced me to songwriting. American Idol introduced me to possibilities. It introduced me to like a feeling of this can actually happen and it is happening. And that's crazy. Um, And that's the shortened version of a lot of years. Yeah. No, that's perfect. That was like a Cliff Notes version into sort of your relationship with with music. And I, I wanted to know that specifically because I think Um, you know, I actually, I had been watching your season of American Idol and I remember your audition and I, without getting sidetracked, I think it's friggin' phenomenal, like what you've done since then your work. But I also think your audition is something really special because at such a young age to, and I, I think I had heard that, um, 21st century machine, you had actually written that two years prior to your audition. I don't amazing and I think to you know have such a unique relationship and a unique skill set and this incredible ability to convey emotion um you know writing and 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 creating music I think it's it's so remarkable and I really I think you as an artist um just your capability to write music um has really stood out to me as you know as a listener um And I just think I'd love to know, too, speaking of kind of stepping onto the scene and kind of showcasing your skills as a songwriter. And now over the past couple of years, obviously growing and developing as an artist in terms of establishing yourself, do you feel that I'd love to just get your perspective. So stepping into the spotlight on the show and kind of showing who you are that way. Do you feel that you were able to kind of like accurately, I don't know, establish yourself on the show or did it take some time even after the show to finally like grow more into yourself as an artist and to expand upon like certain areas of of your music? I think who I was on American Idol like was 100% authentic to who I was at that time. One hundred percent. I feel like my artistry has grown with more just like as I've grown like life experience because that girl on American Idol, I haven't even had my first kiss. I never even kissed a boy or a girl and was so 
optimistic and like everything was new from the show to even singing live because I would chicken out at um performing solos Mm -hmm. so who I was there was like show it like it was just the unpolished version of me and I'm fuck I'm still not polished at all but um I think I'm as I become more established in myself I think my art is kind of like reflecting that because Mm -hmm. now people who've been listening to my music for they've grown up with me because it used to go from you know songs like if I wasn't on American Idol and going through all these experiences I would have never gotten God must hate me like everything has led me up to who I am today so yeah I think it's just all been trial and error and I don't even know if like who I am as an artist is going even, to yeah grown into that fully yet yeah mm-hmm. I don't I don't know where the cap is uh-huh. yeah. yeah well I mean even if you look at I mean artists like Adele who I love and adore um and you look at her albums which are quite literally like chronicalizing different stages of her life um, you know, 19, 21, like it's, they're her ages and kind of talking about, you know, those emotions she was going through at those, those times and the different, um, I guess moods. And it, I think you said earlier, like different vibes, right? Like there's, those albums are also different. And so I think, um, looking at artistry, even like that, like you're constantly evolving, um, and, and even just your skills and, and, you know, what you're putting out there into the world, like that's all probably going to be changing as well. I literally had just had a thought when you said Adele, and then I actually started thinking when you said chronological order, and I think it actually just hit me that I'm like, that Adele can age. Like, I think I've just always seen her, even though it's 19, 21, 25, like, I think I'm actually contextualizing, like, wait, Adele was younger and older like I feel like she just exists to me as this like mm-hmm. being of like you cannot touch her she is just immortal <laughs> and ageless and I just in that moment was like did she write hello at 25 and I was like what the f-? so sorry for that that was definitely where I'm like my cogs in my brain were just like screaming at me no no I, I it's it's true though too because like you look at that and I think it's Um, I think especially when like listening to the songs, if you're not like listening right off the album and you're just listening to her music, it's easy to kind of forget that, you know, yeah, they're about different stages of her life. And, but I think with, um, you know, all people's artistry. So I want to, I guess, using that example, I'd love to dive into comedy and tragedy. Then you chose to release that in two different acts. So if you wouldn't mind, and just to introduce um, those who aren't familiar more into your music, you know, these albums explore, uh, really personal topics um, and really important ones too. I mean, you talk about mental health, you talk about grief, relationship with religion, um, and just growing up, which I think everyone can relate to in in some capacity, at, no matter what stage of life they're in. Um, what did both of these EPs, uh, you know, mean to you? And um, I guess just, yeah, because I feel like they're both so different. And I'd, I'd just love to get your your uh, thoughts on it. And what was the inspiration behind it? Well, as a person, I cope with comedy. I, I'm not saying it's funny comedy, but I am the person that will, um, in an uncomfortable situation, I am the person to immediately 
try and make a mood lighter. Like when my cat went missing the other day and my roommate was freaking out, you know, I was like, this is the great time for me to bit right now because that will suddenly make everything better in our stress. Um, and it was reflecting in my music because in person I would be like that uh, and then my lyrics would be like I am a lonely soul and I feel terrible um and I never really knew how to bridge that gap before of people being able to see a little more than just my deepest darkest secrets mm-hmm. I, I was wanting to show like there's a little more to me like some anger with control um just giving people a little more insight on my brain that people have probably already been like, that's a brain. I'm like, here's some more of it. Um, And that's kind of was like the process of making it, just letting out all my secrets of hyperfixations is about for a time in my life. Um, I was so hyperfixated on everything wrong with me like obsessively like how I act how I move to the point of being paralyzed I'm like I need to blink this many times in a minute and I I need to smile like this or I need to like nod when people are talking or oh god do they think I'm a bitch to the point it was every day and it was like ah but I was like okay let's make it a pop song okay Mm -hmm. let's cool so so you get a little like really uncomfortable lyrics about how in the first verse I'm literally disassociating during sex um and but it's like do a little like I've got a groove to it and I kind of wanted to keep that going for the whole project um it was definitely a different sound for sure than maybe what people Mm -hmm. would expect of guitar and like singer songwriter but it was like a challenge that reflected where I was in my life of 22 and 23 so far um, they were very weird. Like I thought the early twenties were, you were supposed to be slaying, uh, uh-huh. pandemic 2020 pandemic, still 2021, 2022. It was just like, mm-hmm. I need a break. And that's kind of the culmination of all these very weird years. Yeah. Well, no. And I, I think the one thing I want to add to about these, both of these EPs is the way you, I mean, some of the tracks are, I mean, the emotion is so uh, significant. Um, and the way you were able to deliver emotion in different ways, for example, I think some of the songs, you know, uh, there's so much more, is gentler the right word? I mean, it's more almost acoustic and I think uh, in terms of your tone, just really soft and beautiful. And then you have more of these, you know, you mentioned pop and kind of like even angst to some of the lyrics and um, just energy that you're like evoking emotion in such a different way. And I think the juxtaposition between the two EPs is also so cool. Um, and I personally, so I think across the two, I want to say um, my favorite track is Someone That I'm Afraid Of. Um, I really, I don't know, I really like that one because I think um, there's such a, because I found that one to be a little more like angsty and just like really fun. 
Um, but, uh, I think just the subject matter too, it's, it's really interesting how that plays along with just the tone of the track, but, um, yeah, I'd love, so that track in particular, if you wouldn't mind sharing just for me, cause I love it. Um, <laughs> uh, what was sort of the inspiration behind that? I was really angry, so <laughs> angry. And, but it was the thing of on the inside, I'm saying all these things to myself. I'm like, F that person. And I want to literally, if I could just get my hands around their neck. Uh, but then I'm the person to be like, when I see them, either run away or I just be like, hi, hi. Like I was just resenting my lack of spine. And it kind of, I wrote it from the perspective of like, I want to be, I want to become the person I'm so afraid of offending. I'm, I want to become the person that has this like power over me that doesn't even let me voice my feelings. Like I want to be the cold hearted person that if someone does something I don't like, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I hated that. Um, I don't, I don't even care if you feel bad because that's so not me. Um, so it was like wishful thinking. I was like, hey, maybe it's good to be the villain. And that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think I relate to that a lot because I have, yeah, the type of mentality, like you said, like always worried about offending. And I, I've always been told, like, especially like growing up, because like I, I'm a worry wart. Like I worry about like first impressions, um, how people are perceiving you, like that kind of stuff I get in my head about. Um, ironic, given <laughs> that I do so much work with people. But um, I think it's always been like a thing for me. And I remember like my mom, growing, she's like, don't worry, like unless you did something wrong, like you have no need to worry about anything, like get out of your head. And I think that's why I like related to that song so much because <laughs> it's just like a fun play on that whole mentality. Um, but then I just love, I, I think just the rise of kind of like angsty pop right now. I mean, and why I love that track so much is, I mean, looking at like people like Olivia Rodrigo, I mean, you have Paramore coming back into the scene. I think just like the rise in that and just looking at that whole genre of just that kind of delivery of emotion. Um, and I think that like pulling that back to what I said before about the two different EPs and the way you kind of deliver emotion across the two of them. I just, I really like that track. And um, I just, I love what you were able to do with uh, both of them and just, I mean, releasing them all in the same, the same year. Um but as you said, like, what a good way to write about, like, two crazy years of your life. <laughs> Thank you so much for even listening and, and relating. Like, that is always the coolest thing to hear because you go into writing these songs feeling so alone. Like, it, most of my songs are stem from the fact that I feel so alone that I have to talk to music I, I have to at least get it out that way so whenever I actually get to hear people being like hey I see myself in that I'm like oh my god something born out of like total loneliness can be such a great way of connection it's always so awesome to hear it so thank you oh my goodness of course and I think that's what I mean you know I mentioned earlier your audition and stepping into the public eye you create music you write music that's really relatable um and i i think that um 
you know, even like you're writing songs about your experiences at 22, 23, um, you know, I think there could be somebody who's 32 and 33 listening who obviously they're not in that same stage of life, but they can either like look back and relate to maybe that's how they felt at their time in their life. Maybe that's how they're feeling right now. And I think that's the really beautiful thing about music is it doesn't have to always be so literal. Like you can still relate to people's experiences in such a unique way. And I think your, I don't know, your kind of skill set and your talent as a songwriter. Um, but then also, of course, adding in like the vocals and the, the music in general, um, the instrumentation and all. Um, I think like, obviously it makes everything like really fun to listen to. <laughs> Thank you. I What you said about being 32 and 33 and still finding a way to relate I feel I feel that exact way with oh my god do you know what song makes me literally every time I hear it want to pass out um it makes me it, it's just somehow they captured being a teenage girl <laughs> and locked it in a bottle of uh mm-hmm. lord ribs ribs by lord whenever yes. ah ah whenever <laughs> I, the intro comes on I'm like oh my, I'm going to swerve off the road. I can't listen to this right now. I mean, the whole Pure Heroin album, like I, it's, I mean, I guess because I was like in my teens when, when that came out and just, but, but it is, it's, there's, it's, I don't know, it was the style and she was the first person to have like such a unique sound like that. And there's just something really timeless about that album and like you said like you could listen to it and just instantly been transported back because I think it was such a significant time in everybody's lives when they first heard like I mean like Royals like just on the radio 24 7 like that was a moment in time that's what makes me feel like a hag now (laughs) of you know like kids were I think we're like the first generation to start getting like social media and like being on social media we probably shouldn't have but like Tumblr and everything but now seeing like you know, you go through comments on TikTok and someone's like, I'm 10 or like me in school tomorrow. And they're like 11. And they're like, who's One Direction? And I'm like, what album are they getting now to grow up with that was as significant as pure heroin? <laughs> like, they understand what being a teenager, they need that album. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I get, I, I totally know the memes you're talking about and like, um, the videos you're referring to, I've like seen one specifically where it's like, um, you know, friends, like girlfriends at nine dancing to like their favorite cover song, like recording themselves. And they just like, it's cringy. Like everybody's in their like little, like Abercrombie and Fitch, like polo shirts and like their little like Bermuda shorts. And then it like, cuts to like girls today who are just popping off and doing their thing and good for them. Um, but it, it is such a difference and there's such, um, yeah, like that Lord was a really good example. Cause I think there's like a really timeless quality about, uh, her music, but then I guess that's going to be every generation, right? Like, um, for years to come, there's going to be, you know, just artists out there that really kind of encapsulate the time period of their their life um, that they had their teenage years in. But um, I guess, you know, you brought that up and I'd love to, if you wouldn't mind, like dive in a little bit deeper into that. So like growing up now, um, or not just grow like as an artist, growing as an artist in this day and age of TikTok and social media and releasing music in that way, Um, do you find it harder? Do you find that there's like just 
an overload of content out there. Like I've always wondered that. And I've asked other creatives as well, like across different, you know, industries, whether it be, you know, writing or or, or what have you, who come on just when it comes to, uh, you know, putting your own work and making your own kind of mark in the industry. Do you find it harder when there's just like such oversaturation of just people through social? I mean, there's really wonderful things about social media too. Um, and kind of, showcasing your talents but do you find it kind of difficult sometimes I feel like it's acknowledging that there's been so much good to come from TikTok but also a lot of negative side effects of it um I mean it's great that for the first time musicians can market themselves I also think musicians were never meant to market themselves because it's like a lot you're asking a lot of create the people that are making a lot of music are very creative emotionally like deep thinkers who need isolation in order to write and now it's kind of another element of like now you gotta step up now you gotta put yourself out there not only on the stage, but you need to show up every day and commodify your life, capitalize off everything you're doing. If you're making a cake, that could be a vlog. That could be Mm -hmm. you dancing in front of a cake um, and potentially blowing up, which I also think back to the positives of, wow, how easy is that? Yes, at any given point, I could literally put a, I could grab this Windex bottle and say, I'm going to Windex you uh, and your man if you don't stream my song. And that could maybe get a million views. Like you never know, but it's, uh, it's a push and pull of like, yay, it is so easy, but mentally it it doesn't because it's a lot of hurdles. It's a lot of um, resistance. There's a lot of like, you have to do like inner work all the time of like, am I just scared of putting myself out there? What's wrong with me? And so it's like, it's very heady, very fast with TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it's, I don't know. I think the thing that would, I don't, cause I do. So for example, myself, like I do some writing, I do um, like, uh, I directed a film last year. So I do some stuff with video um, and, and film. And I think looking at creating from that perspective of how much time goes into stuff, I think myself personally, the thing about the internet is like once it's up, it's up and it's out there. And you can make a video, like you said, you can make a video so fast. We we can make a video right now and just put it out there and it's out. Um, and I think I, and this is just a me thing, but I think I would struggle so much with that of just, you know, kind of having an idea and putting it out there into the internet. And then, I don't know, I, I think I sit with my work for a while and like really try and like make it like as technically I don't know proficient as I can and just making you know things but that's just me as you know my kind of work ethic in particular um but I think that's like a scary thing about the internet too (laughs) it should be though like we should actually should be like enjoying our art and sitting on it and thinking of ways to make it better I think with TikTok it's you're like racing you feel like someone almost has a gun at your back going you need to post all that you need to get this out now 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 it's like a, an incessant like beating of like now 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 and there are so many songs I listen back to and I'm like oh my god I really 
I really wish I could, like, maybe I could have done a different lyric. Maybe I could have, like, TikTok's the death of perfectionism. Like, you cannot be, like, you cannot, it's, which is, in a way, a good thing of, like, okay, I was a perfectionist to the point of debilitation. So, like, great. Maybe it is something, a great skill I need to learn of just getting it out there. But, yeah, there is a sense of mourning of, like, the process and, like, living in the creative process and like working like a soup honestly it's mm-hmm. like making a it's either the difference of making a whole like soup from scratch and you're like taking your time and you're taking little spoonfuls in between like mm-hmm. ooh, like, imagine ratatouille peacefulness um <laughs> and then but or then it goes like soup from a can and both are going to be good just one you got to savor a little longer and the process uh but mm-hmm. the other one gets the job done and that's kind of my tiktok analogy soup <laughs> ratatouille tasting colors i can you know i get that i see it so um i'd love to kind of take that and then with just this new year right and just this I guess what's to come for you and your music. And I know you've shared online that you're working on some new stuff and I'm not sure what all you're able to share, but I guess with kind of just, we were just talking about the creation process and now in creating more music, what are you looking to share, I guess, into this new year, but then also just in a general sense, how do you, when you're creating stuff, like when do you feel ready to release a project? Well, oh God, I'm sorry. It's like something that wouldn't, it's one of those things where I realize in my head, I'm like, this could sound shady, but it is not shady whatsoever. <laughs> I promise. Um, when you're on a label, it makes it easier for you because mostly they will hold it for you. Now, mm-hmm. that's just me being honest. So with a lot of like, um, when I feel like I'm ready to release, it's more been when they tell me I'm ready to release. Right. Um, in 2024, I'm really looking forward to for my looking forward to my music catching up with my experience. A lot of comedy and tragedy was written in 2022, mm-hmm. um, where my dad uh, just passed away and going through a lot of stuff. And then putting it out when I was 23, a lot of this, I still wrote songs when I was 23. So hopefully we get those out this year. And then maybe some songs of, ew, me when I'm 24, ah, gross. Um, maybe <laughs> then we can start catching up to like where I'm at in the present moment. That would be like really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess then like, where are you at like right now? Like what are like, what's life like for you right now? Um, we we joked earlier, like stepping into a new year with your birthday when this episode will be airing. So, like, what's I guess life like at the current moment? Is it has it been chaotic? Has it been good? <laughs> I think twenty three was. I never understood where. I don't know if you believe in astrology. I don't want to as- assume, but like, I remember all these girls in astrology Twitter being like twenty three oh gross oh astrologically it's terrible and I was like it's not so bad mm-hmm. oh my breakup situationship I'm taught it was a lot of change all at once so 23 I would say was like chaos um but now at the end of it seeing through the whole year now I'm kind of in like I am a old maid 
in action and in lifestyle of I've, you know, I wake up and I go downstairs and I get either like tea or coffee. I pet my cats and a great night for me isn't going out and networking, which to my managers, I love them so much. They probably would be like, girl, you, that sounds like a way more productive use of your time. But I know they actually wouldn't say that, but I would rather instead of like going out and networking right now, the vibe is glee and eating vegan chicken patty uh, and, and just vibing and rotting. It's the year of acceptable <laughs> rotting um, in my personal life. So I realized though, I'm going to need to step it up. You know, I can't really, I know I can write about rotting, but now mm. it's getting to the point where I got to start the chaos up again for some <laughs> music. But I live with my best friend who is also a fabulous musician, Sophie Hollihan. And we've been, you know, I've just been experimenting and exploring, like instead of viewing all these talented musicians as like competition, which I think TikTok also fosters into with like algorithm and numbers, you start applying numbers mm -hmm. to people, like they're bigger than me and you're, you feel so small. I realized the importance of collaborating and just realizing hey you're talented and you think I'm talented why not just maximize the joint slayage let's do it together <laughs> so that's pretty much where I'm at right now amazing and I'm gonna say I wouldn't call it rotting I feel like it's resting you know like you Perfect. have just poured like your soul into two EPs that you released last year you are taking your time to rest and honestly you said I'm very much a gleek back in the day as we all called ourselves oh. um and I recently have been like I don't know tampering with the idea of starting it up again because I was on when was it was it like two weeks ago on Twitter it was like popping off like Lee was trending because people oh, were what what song did they sing better yes. <laughs> What song do you sing better? This is very important. Glee oh, together. yeah. Which and I mean, which one for me? Um, okay, so I feel like a popular one would be Valerie. Mm. Um, I personally, though, and I feel like I definitely have more, um, but this is like one that I was listening to actually not that long ago. They did a mashup of Philip Phillips home and then homeward bound. Is it Simon and Garfunkel? And I love that. And I was like listening to it like a bunch, just like the other month. And I'm like, I love this when they did mashups on Glee. I mean, that was, some that was some good stuff. <laughs> you remember survivor with I will survive. Yes. Oh my that gosh. Yeah. And Jesse's girl by Finn. Um, I can't. When saying that, like that was, I don't know why I was listening. I listened to it like on repeat. I'm like, I think this is better than yeah. you. Oh, and then, um, uh, cough syrup, Blaine Warbler. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm literally like, oh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Now they're all going to start in my sleep tonight. I'm going to be like remembering all these songs, Katie. You're going to hear the like transition music of, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> but it's such a good show. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to have to really give it, give it a watch, especially when was it? Was it our second season? I sat down and chatted with Heather Morris, who played uh, Brittany S. Pierce, and getting to chat with her about all that was that was a fun one for me because it, it's I mean all the numbers they've done and she's a, like such a great dancer so like all the dance numbers I mean come on but um, yeah what a show <laughs> they have her working if you watch the first season and you're like in the back looking at the backup dancers too like she's there I'm like she had to learn. The choreo, the lines, the songs. <laughs> like Heather Morris was booked. I mean, Kurt Hummel's single ladies, like, come on now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was, yeah, such, oh my gosh, incredible, the talent. But um, now we've gotten off topic, but in, a, in the <laughs> best way possible. <laughs> um, and I, I honest to God forget what we were talking about before Glee, but oh, your year, the year ahead. And I, yeah, I just think, um, and I'll say this, like just in a nutshell, uh, cause you know, I went on and on about your artistry earlier and like why I think you are, are just really unique, but ultimately Katie, I think you, you have a, like, you're ultimately like what I love about you as an individual and as an artist is you're really authentic. I mean, just sitting here right now, I mean, I'm sure people listening can interpret it, but um, like you just have a real like true authenticity about you. And I think you put so much of that and your heart and soul into your music. And it really, I mean, oh my gosh, in a world like we were talking about in such an oversaturated market when there's, uh, you know, so many voices, so many perspectives in the music industry, I think you're really doing something unique, um, which is why I was so excited to have you on. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited to see what you do in this year ahead and um, whatever you release, I'll be listening. That's for sure. <laughs> so much and thank you for having me it's been so fun oh my goodness of course and I I always love to conclude in asking with this being handling it do you have a piece of advice or a lesson that you've learned that's really helped you handle your life no one cares as much as you think I will say of if you think they are looking at you 99% of the time they are not and they think you're looking at them you need to just exist as yourself because at the end of the day, no one cares. And if they do, it's because there's something that they care so deeply about within themselves that they're projecting it onto you. So just like ignore them. It's like you realize when you're 14, when everyone's like, just be yourself and like ignore the haters. And you're like, how, what? And then you get older and you actually start understanding like, how much of life is just a reflection of other people's experiences, a reflection or projection. So just do whatever the hell you want, uh, except murder. Yeah. Don't <laughs> but, oh my gosh. Well, first of all, like, I'm going to get back to that, but that I'm like gobsmacked because that I think was the fastest, most instantaneous response I've ever gotten to that question. Like that was so instinctual. And I love that advice. <laughs> like ever, I'm talking like in the history of the show, you said that with like, so like instinctually, I love it. And I love that advice because I think that goes back to what you were talking about earlier with um, just uh someone that I'm afraid of and talking about like, just, you know, like pleasing people, just do what you want. You know, if, if you want to have a certain mentality, do that, have that mentality. 
but yeah, I think that that all ties back and um, I, yeah, absolutely love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's something I think about often because I remind myself of it often because it is, I, it's instinctual because I say it a lot to myself, but I don't always believe it. And I still will be the person crying in the corner because do they hate me? Why did they give me a mean look? Ah. <laughs> me too. I'll be trying to outgrow that trait probably consistently. So don't worry. You're not alone. <laughs> but yeah, Katie, thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, I just can't wait to see what all you continue to do. And um, yeah, just like congrats to you and, and to just all you've accomplished so far. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me today. All right, everybody, I so hope you enjoyed learning more about the marvelous person that is Katie. I immediately left our conversation on a Glee frenzy and re-listened to so many of the old albums, so thank you, Katie, for that. But on a more serious note, I am such a fan of the work she is turning out, and I think she just has such a bright, talented future in this industry ahead, and I can't wait to see what all she does moving forward. Thank you to the wonderful Katie Turner so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast, and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I will see you in two weeks with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now, and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.